to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again, and I hope all is well. Hi, Danielle. Good here. Um, I'm not actually going to take up too much time in your intro. I want to give the floor to Jamie and talk about Spurs on Sunday. Uh, big weekend for the title race, though, and a big weekend that actually resulted in nothing at all happening, uh, despite the drama. But yeah, let's let's have J- Jamie can have a minute. OK, the floor is certainly Jamie Brown's then. So, Jamie, as Craig alludes to, a huge win for Spurs at the weekend. How are you feeling after Sunday's showing against Manchester City? Yeah, I mean, thank you very much, Craig. Um, I mean, it's it's been a long time since uh, I've been able to kind of be very positive about Spurs. I think, you know, the last couple of weeks have been very good for Spurs. Um, you know, obviously, we've got to start with that win against Fulham. Um, and then, of course, you know, getting through in the FA Cup, I think it's a big thing. I think Spurs fans really want us to do well in that com- this competition um, this season. Yeah, and then, of course, we, we go and beat Manchester City again. And, you know, that makes it five wins from five at the new stadium against City, which is, you know, incredible record. Again, they failed to score, you know, in all their five visits. They failed to score on each occasion. So, yeah, it was, a, it was another really good performance. And, you know, I probably wouldn't go too over the top after, you know, a couple of wins. But I think it was the performance on the weekend that, that really impressed me as well. So, yeah, I mean, ahead of, uh, again, another big week for Spurs, of course. You know, an interesting um, trip to, the, uh, to, to Leicester on the weekend. Then, of course, we've got the Champions League game. And then I think we play West Ham as well. So, we've got some big games coming up. So, um yeah, really, obviously a really positive start from Spurs. And it does look, as I hope, that Spurs have turned the corner now and we can uh, try and kick on now. But uh, yes, just nice to be speaking positive about Spurs again. Absolutely. Right, that's all the intros out of the way. So let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay, where should we start first? Let's go to Ellen Road as Leeds are looking for a new manager. Now, Craig, we discussed this topic on last week's show, and now the market for a new boss gets underway. So who are the early runners and riders, in your opinion? Yeah, we did discuss it last week, and and I sort of said that I think Jesse Marsh maybe could be gone by the end of the month, and and it turns out that he's gone at the start of the month. Um, A very, very weirdly timed dismissal in my opinion this one and I think it's even more so strangely time when you look at how much Leeds have spent in the January transfer window but they've gone out and they've signed targets that have been identified by Jesse Marsh and he's had them for one game Um, and and then then he's been given the boot so in terms of who's coming in just from the betting market it just does seem as though it's a a bit of a two-horse race at the minute to replace him Uh, two people who I'm probably going to absolutely slaughter the pronunciations of their name for as well um, so Ar- Arnie Slot um, ish, I think that's about right. He's the favourite. Uh, he's odds on as well. The current manager at Feyenoord, um, known for a very aggressive playing style, which some may say Bielsa-esque playing style. Uh, so it's probably clear to see why Leeds will be interested in bringing him. And elsewhere, the second option for Leeds seems to be Andoni Ariola, um, who's the current manager of Rayo Vallecano in Spain, uh, a team who are doing very well, sort of probably under the radar a bit in La Liga at the minute. They're fifth at the moment. Um, and I think this season's sort of put him in the shot window, maybe around Europe, not just in Spain as well. But you do get the feeling that given what he's done in Spain, if one of the sort of bigger teams in Spain came knocking, then then he would be one of the people that they went to. I think in terms of timing of appointment, I think if you look at Leeds, they play Manchester United on Wednesday and Sunday. And I think they'll play both of those games without a manager. But it does seem as though things are moving relatively quickly. So it wouldn't surprise me if a deal was done and, and their new manager was in the stands maybe on Sunday to watch them play against Manchester United, but not actually in charge. So I think it's a quite a quick moving one. It seems that two people have sort of come to the fore in the betting market, very short with, with bigger odds available for pretty much anyone else, the, the usual people who are in the mix. Um, and we'll see where they go. Yeah, but they, they, from a Leeds point of view, they, they do need to sort of come back and 
get get a bit of an identity and get a bit of team spirit in there, which I think is lacking at the moment. And and these two, uh, well, one of these two is going to be the one who's tasked by that, by uh, by all accounts, if you believe the bookmakers. Well, Jamie, if you believe the bookmakers, Richard Pochettino was second favourite at the start of the market. So do you think he'll return to the Premier League with Leeds? Some fans are sort of clamouring for this, thinking, yes, this is ideal. But is this also wishful thinking at the same time? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I do believe he will eventually return to the Premier League. Um, I think that he, I'm almost certain that I do think he's waiting for that return for Tottenham. Um, I think he'll know at the end of the season that Antonio Conte is very likely to go. I know that Spurs are uh, kind of currently looking for new managers ahead of the next season. Um, I think there's so much uncertainty around Antonio Conte's future. So, you know, that's kind of where I'll, I'll just weigh in there and I'll say, I just don't think Pochettino will, will look to take any other jobs. I think I'm, I think we've spoken about Pochettino on other shows as well when other vacancies have come up. And um, I think, you know, I've always kind of said, I do think Pochettino is waiting now to come back to Spurs. I think that that's always kind of where he's, he's wanted to, you know, make that return. So I think he'll probably hold out with this one. But do you know what? I mean, look, he's, I, th- I think at PSG he did OK. Obviously, Spurs, he did very well. Um, but I think he kind of, I would like to see him maybe go and take on that new sort of challenge and, and maybe take a bit of a step down and, and, and go and look for a job like Leeds. I think this actually would be a really good fit for him. Um, you know, I, I think very similar in the way to Bielsa. Obviously, he is a, a disciple of Bielsa, a guy who he learned all his coaching methods off, plays the same brand of football. So I think in that way, it could be the same fit. I think as well, you know, we saw the way that Leeds... Fans all bought into Bielsa's methods and, you know, I think Pochettino can do exactly the same. I think at Spurs we saw that where all the fans completely bought into Pochettino, the way he tried to, you know, make the team more aggressive and just change the culture of the whole club. Um, I think he could do the same at Leeds. I think this would be a really good fit for him. But um, I do believe, as I said, I think he's eyeing maybe a bigger and better job. Um, uh, obviously, Leeds, I think, is a, a fantastic club and a, and a very, very big club. And that's why I think Pochettino, I don't think he should overlook this one. Um, I think he's considerate. But uh, ultimately, I think he's eyeing maybe a slightly bigger job. OK, we may as well touch quickly on Wednesday's game between Manchester United and Leeds United. Craig, it's 13 successive home wins for the Red Devils in all competitions. Is it difficult to look past number 14 taking place in just a few hours? Uh, no, it's not really difficult at all, to be honest, Dan. I think Manchester United have got a fairly comfortable night ahead of them here and, and they're going to pick up the three points from this one. Short in the betting at 1-2, to two, but if you start maybe throwing together a Wednesday hacker or something, then they do look a rock-solid pick to uh, to put in there as part of that. I do think that if you're looking for a bit more value, I think Manchester United to win to nil at 13-8 to eight is something that appeals. Um, clean sheets haven't come as frequently in the last few games for them. They have been conceding a few goals, but to me, this Leeds team's a bit sort of down in the dumps and needing someone to pick them up. And whoever it is who gets the job to pick them up, they're not going to be there tonight. Um, so I just think that this is an ideal opportunity for Manchester United, not only to win, but to get a clean sheet as well. So Manchester United win to nil at 13-8 to would be what I'd be backing tonight. And Jamie, if you're looking at the anytime goal scorer market, is it difficult to look past Marcus Rashford getting on the score sheet? Or do you have someone else up your sleeve? Yeah, I mean, look, when you when you ask me the question about a specific player, I always kind of like to look and, and see if I can find someone else. But look, I, I think, as you said, with Marcus Rashford, it's very difficult to kind of overlook him at the moment. He's 21 to, to 20 to score any time. Um, he's, he, scored 10, he scored 10 times in his last 13 matches in all competitions. So a fantastic record there, of course. Scoring on the weekend against Crystal Palace. Also scored midweek against Forest in the Cup as well. So, um, so yeah, I, I think he's on, on, on a fantastic run at the moment. And um, he would absolutely have to be the pick here for an anytime goal scorer. I mean, you could potentially look at Bruno Fernandes as well at 7-4. to four. I mean, he obviously got on the score sheet as well on, on the weekend. Um, he's a guy who takes a set of pieces. So, you know, that's obviously an increased chance there of, of scoring. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Mar- Marcus Rashford is definitely the pick here. OK, let's move on to the weekend's Premier League action now. And first up, we're off to the London Stadium as West Ham play host to Chelsea. Craig, the Hammers earned a spirited draw at Newcastle last Saturday. Can they build on it during this? Yeah, I, th- I think they can in a way, yeah. But what I would say about this game is, is it's sort of giving me the same worry that I had over Fulham last weekend when Fulham played Chelsea. Um, I don't need to sort of go over what I've said about the past few weeks about Chelsea. I- I'm really not sort of... They're not right. There's there's plenty of things sort of not quite right with the club. They're sort of in transition, but shouldn't really be in transition, if, if that makes sense at the minute. And and I just think that they're there for the taking for anybody who wants to sort of go and have a go at them. Fulham didn't quite do it. They It was a draw, as, as I thought it may be, because they've not quite got the quality to go out there and do it. And I think the same sort of applies for West Ham. I think West Ham will give them a game, but 
can I see West Ham going all the way and taking the three points? I, I don't think I can. Um, so it's another Chelsea draw for me, this one. It'd be 9-4 to four that it's available at. And I do think that West Ham have got enough to sort of cause Chelsea problems, but maybe not quite enough to get all three points. So, yeah, another draw for Chelsea as their sort of problems continue. Well, this is it, Jamie, because Chelsea have drawn their last two league outings and have failed to score at the same time. So, with that in mind, are you in a race to back the away win? Odds are five to four. No, I'm definitely with Craig here. I do think this one one will be another draw. And, you know, it's obviously these are two kind of tricky sides to gauge where they're at at the moment. I think they're two teams that are very much being very inconsistent. You know, you look at West Ham, they've lost three of the last four home matches. So not great for a former home there. Um, but then, of course, we did see them get that point away at St. James's Park. Um, obviously beat Everton as well in the last two. So, you know, signs they may have turned the corner. So you don't know what to expect there. You then look at Chelsea as well, you know, just two wins on their last 12 league matches, which, of course, for a, for a team that spent so much money and, and kind of where they should be at, I think that's been really, really quite poor. But um, I, I think their last two matches almost summarise where they're at perfectly for Chelsea. Obviously, both goalless draws. Um, we can see, we saw that, you know, they can be strong defensively um, when they get it right. But they've just got that no, that no real ability to kind of put the ball in the back of the net at the moment. Um, they remain the lowest scorers in the top half. Um, they've scored just 20 to, on 22 occasions this season uh, from, I think it's 23 or 24 matches. Um, you know, and, and then I think their, their away form has, has been pretty poor as well. They've lost five of their 11 away matches um, this season um, and they've won on just three occasions. So, you know, a side that have not been a, a, so great away from home. West Ham, though, have not been a side who have been great at home either. So, very tricky one to call. But uh, I actually, as I said, I do, I'm do. i with Craig here. I do think this will be another draw. And uh, I actually think it will be another nil-nil. Because West Ham themselves have, have had problems with goals. So, um, yes, I'm going to go for another draw here. And uh, even going to go for nil-nil. OK, if we build on that logic, Craig, there have been under 2.5 goals in eight of Chelsea's last nine outings, that being in the Premier League. The same has been recorded in West Ham's last three. So does more of the same, that being two or fewer, odds of four to six, look good on any Acker this weekend? Yeah, it definitely does. I think it'd be a great addition to any Acker. And it, again, sort of pulling up the same lines as I sort of wheeled out last week, really, when Chelsea played Fulham. Um, I like a draw in this game. You know, Jamie's just mentioned nil-nil. I think nil-nil would be the, the pick that I would give as well. But at a push, you could maybe convince me that it's 1-1. Um, I can't score these two, both scoring two each and, and being a 2-2 draw or anything like that. If you fancy Chelsea to win this, then the way that they're playing at the moment, the way that Chelsea would win it is they would like nick a low-scoring game, 1-0. Um, you could maybe convince me that they can get another one as, as West Ham pile forward and make it 2-0, but but no more than that. Um, those who think West Ham can win this, this is, you know, West Ham have also had their problems in front of goal. So you're looking at maybe nicking one on the break against Chelsea or, or, or with a set-piece maybe and, and getting a ball in the box and scoring a goal again. West Ham people will be looking at this as maybe one that can nick 1-0. And all of those scores that I've just mentioned, they're all covered by under 2.5 goals. So it just seems a rock-solid pick for me. Whichever way you're looking at this game, I don't think there's anyone looking at this game thinking it's going to be a high-scoring draw, a high-scoring West Ham win, a high-scoring Chelsea win, whatever. Everything sort of points towards low goals. Like I say, the, the draw would be for me, and, and I would be favouring 0-0, just like Jamie said as well. Um, but, but every sort of score that we've mentioned there, every possibility is all covered by the under 2.5 goals, so it just seems rock solid. Yeah, perfect coverage on all those eventualities. But Jamie, I was going to ask you about the half-time, full-time. You've offered a nil-nil draw, so I guess for you it's as simple as draw-draw. <laughs> yes, um, I, I do think that will be the case. I mean, look, both teams, as we've very much said, very much struggling for goals recently. Um, you know, Chelsea, I mean, you see the way that Chelsea have been playing, you know, in, in front of goal just don't don't look like I ever almost have a clue how to do it. And then, you know, when you've got Kai Havertz leading the line, he's bang out of form at the moment. So, yeah, I, I really think everything does point towards a nil-nil draw here. And uh, as I said, that's obviously a draw at half-time, draw at full-time, and you can get that at four to one. Lovely stuff. Right, now we're going to go bet building once again. And with Liverpool playing host Everton on Monday, this one is definitely worth the wait. So, Craig, as always, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Yeah, I think I've been sucked in by the new manager bounce last weekend, Dan. Um, I'm going to go with Dominic Calvert-Lewin to score any time in this game. He's available at 10-3. to 3. Um, I was impressed by Everton's work ethic and their togetherness last weekend. A big, big change from what we saw previously under Frank Lampard, a team that were very much down in the dumps. Now, I do still think Everton lack quality, but in a derby game, I think it's often spirit, fight, a desire to win that gets you through. 
Uh, right now, Everton have got more than Liverpool having that. And I can just see Calvert-Lewin giving this Liverpool shaky defence a few problems. Very fragile at the moment. Um, so, yeah, he's he's the fit to get a goal for me. OK, then, Jamie. As always, I like the over-under on the goals, please. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think definitely under 2.5 goals here. I mean, when Sean Dyche is involved, I think there's going to be very few goals in, in these games we saw against Arsenal. Um, I think as we predicted as well, we kind of expected them to really kind of frustrate Arsenal when they did a very good job of, of stifling them. So, yeah, I think it'd be a similar case here where um, Sean Dyche comes downfield and looks to do a job on, on uh, Liverpool. But he faces the Liverpool side who have been really struggling for goals. I mean, a stat that, that really kind of shocks me is Canate is, is Liverpool's only goal scorer in the last five league matches. So, you know, again, as I said, a, a team that are really struggling for goals. So I think everything does point towards this one being a low scorer. So um, under 2.5 goals is my pick here. Yeah, that's a solid shout. I'm going to keep this one rather simple and look at the cards market. Although this is a derby, they call this the friendly one. So... With that in mind, I think under four cards in total at 13 to 8 is a solid addition to any betting slip, really. I think it's a great price, and hopefully the referee doesn't have too busy of an evening. Okay, then, just to recap our three picks we've got Dominic Calvert Lewin to score any time. We've got under 2.5 goals. We've got under four total cards. This one's a massive one 40 to 1 to start next week. Put that on your betting slip. Hopefully, £410 in your back pocket. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Craig, we spoke about Sean Dyche and his new manager Boutons on last week's show. Can that momentum continue at the start of next week? Do you know what, Dan? I think it can. And um, I'm going to. This is the first of two, what I think will be big shocks in the Premier League this weekend. So I'm going to side on Everton winning this game. They're 5 to 1. And I think part of that is being swayed by the betting odds that are on offer, you know. Um, but, but I do think Everton have got some appeal here. So Liverpool are 1 to 2 in the betting. And I would struggle to back Liverpool to win many games at the moment definitely wouldn't back them at one to two regardless of who they're playing um so so they're they're out just purely straight away based on that and you know i just go back to this game being a derby and as i sort of mentioned when when we were going through the bet builder it's a game that derby games in general but this this one to a certain extent it's, it's won by desire and, and teams that fight to win this <clears throat> it's never usually pretty even when liverpool have won this game in the past you know they've usually had to work hard for it even though they've been by far the better team and I just think based on last weekend, Everton have, have got that in abundance under Sean Dice. Just all of a sudden, what, what he's worked, the way that his team played last weekend and the fight that they showed and their willingness to win and the, just wanting to play for the shirt, you know, that, that was great to see. Look at Liverpool for the past few weeks and they've shown absolutely none of that. Um, Liverpool at the moment look pretty clueless, if I'm being honest with you. They, they've got the talent. You know, if you look at these two teams and compare the talent, Liverpool are by far and away the better team. Well, they're just not using it right now, I don't think. And I just get the feeling that if Liverpool's not winning, you know, after sort of half an hour, I'm not saying that the fans are going to turn against them at any stretch of the imagination because they very, very rarely do. But it's going to be a very strange atmosphere inside Anfield. And I just think there's going to be pressure piling and piling on Liverpool. Um, Everton, it's a, it's a free hit. They've nothing to lose. In many ways, the same as, as Saturday's game against Arsenal. And I just think at 5-1, to one, I think Everton's uh, worth, worth a few pounds on Monday night. Well, this is it, Jamie, because Craig mentions the odds of 1-2. to two. We can back that up by saying Liverpool have picked up just one point from the last 12 on offer. So surely this is a bet you'd be steering well clear of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially at that price at the moment. Um, I, I think just Liverpool, they're just totally broken at the moment. Um, I think in all departments of the pitch, they've got real concerns. I mean, defensively, you know, they've been obviously decimated by injuries. And I think full-backs obviously underperforming as well with, with Trent you know, having a really, really poor season and Robertson as well. Um, midfield as well, we obviously very much know how, how they've struggled this season there. I think the quality in, in there has just really been pretty shocking. Um, and of course, that's just put increased pressure on, on the defence, you know, when, when teams are just kind of running through that midfield. And then again, I mentioned that stat um, earlier in, in the bet builder in terms of Canate being their only goal scorer across their last five league matches. It just shows, you know, that they really have been struggling for goals. And Mohamed Salah, obviously a guy who was unbelievable last season, winning the Golden Boot and has been for, for a number of years now. He's just can't, you know, he just can't seem to buy a goal at the moment. Darwin Nunes, just a guy who looks totally shot of confidence at the moment. Yes, of course, he is maybe creating chances and, and he's still a guy who's working hard, but... 
you know, again, they failed to score against Wolfside on the weekend. So, you know, in all areas of the pitch, they're really struggling at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't be kind of looking to back Liverpool at the moment. And then, of course, you just combine that with with um, how well Everton, how good Everton looked on the weekend. Obviously, tactically astute against Arsenal, keeping an Arsenal side at bay have, have been fantastic recently in front of goal. Um, you know, you look, um, I think I'll mention a bit later on in the show, you know, Arsenal, it's just so impossible to kind of pick a goal scorer from that moment. But they managed to keep them at bay. So, yeah, I mean, a, re- a really kind of good start to Sean Dyche's reign there. Um, and uh, I'm sure he'll be looking to do the same here on the weekend by um, frustrating Anfield. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, definitely would not be looking to back Liverpool here. Now, Craig, when you look at Jurgen Klopp and his current plight, there's no doubt that he had plenty of credit in the bank. Have recent results burnt for it all? Or is there still just enough to keep him in the position? I think Klopp's position is very interesting. I think the first thing to do when you're looking at this and, and whether Klopp will remain in charge is sort of differentiate between the chance of Jurgen Klopp getting sacked by Liverpool and the chance of him walking away from the club because he feels that he's not capable of doing the job or he's not the right man for the job anymore. I do think there's still plenty of faith in him and I don't think he'll get sacked at any point soon. I think Liverpool could miss the top four I think Liverpool could potentially miss Europe altogether and Jurgen Klopp wouldn't be sacked by the board. But what I do envisage is that Jurgen Klopp could well leave the club of his own accord because he thinks the time is up. He strikes me as a man who would walk away if he thought the time was up. He is under a lot of pressure and I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself to deliver as well. Um, And I I think if he, he sort of does leave rather than be sacked, that would be his way of maintaining his relationship with the club and the fans as well, which let's not, you know, let's not forget, on the whole... Jurgen Klopp has been absolutely excellent for Liverpool. Um, I suppose if Liverpool lose to Everton, do I think they sack Klopp? No, certainly not. If Liverpool lose to Everton, would I be surprised if Jurgen Klopp decides to walk and and take himself away from the situation? No, I don't think I would. Um, I I think we're sort of in a territory where if he is going to do it, it's going to happen soon. I don't think he'll leave them in the lurch with just a few games left of the season. If if he feels that the time's right to leave, I think he'll just take it to the end of the season and then leave in the summer, giving the club the right amount of time to go out and find someone. Um, but I do think that, you know, if there is a, two different questions. Will he be sacked? And I think the answer's no. Could he leave? And I, I think the answer is, yeah, I do think he could leave. I, I think there's there's a lot of pressure on at the minute. And he is he, sort of a, a man who puts pressure on himself on top of that. And, and at the minute, he's not delivering. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if he decided that, that sort of, it's best if he moves on, best for him and, and also best for the club. And he, he strikes me as a manager who would do that rather than clinging on, if you know what that means. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think he's in a very strange position. I think I think it's just an interesting watch over the next few weeks, especially if they lose to Everton on Monday. Well, there's also the Champions League ties against Real Madrid. I think that's going to be pivotal as to his short to medium term future. But as you say, we've got to start with Everton first. And Jamie, you look at the relegation outright market and they certainly like Everton's win at the weekend over Arsenal. Their odds have lengthened to 6-5, to five, but they're still one of the three shortest prices in the market. So that, to them, equals the drop. However, are you more confident of their survival after Saturday's win against Arsenal? I am, to be fair. Um, I, I think I mentioned last week, I did think they would go and get a result against Arsenal. I did think they would kind of immediately start to get results. You know, the way that Sean Dyche plays, his, his football is very much about getting results now. It's about setting up to frustrate the opponents, you know, to be very defensively solid. Um, as I said, I don't think they're going to fly up the table, but, um, you know, I, I think they've got the ability to do very well. And, um, you know, originally when I was kind of, he'd been a link with the job, I wasn't too sure about this one. I look at Everton and think they should be more ambitious as a club. But looking through their squad and maybe their position in the table, it just felt like it really did suit Sean Dyche. Um, I mentioned, you know, the, the, the defensive two of James Tarkovsky. Um, and then, of course, you know, I, I think, you know, Jordan Pickford in goal as well. Um, I just think they're very well set up to, to play um, Sean Dutch's football, obviously. Uh, Adrissa Gay. Um, and then, of course, um, you've got uh, Anana in the middle. So I think all around that team just does look very solid. And um, I think he can do something with this Everton team. Again, I'll, I'll stress, I don't think they're going to start suddenly flying up the table. But uh, I think he's definitely going to have enough to keep them up. I think he's going to have enough to be able to, you know, build something really solid for the back and um, yeah I think that's going to stand them in good stead and, and you look other teams around around that bottom of the table I think they, they are better than most of them or, or the majority of them so um, yes I'm, I'm going to say I do think that Everton will, will have enough to stay up now Right it's time for our long shot Acker now we go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1 to one. so Jamie you're up first this week what have you got for me? 
Yeah, I'm going to go to, to Real this time. Um, and I, as I said, I'm going to go for AC Milan. I'm going to go for more disappointment for them. And I'm going to go for a draw with, um, in their game against Torino. Um, they, uh, that, you can get that at 5-2. to two. Um, Torino, they're up into seventh. They've lost just once in the last uh, eight league matches. Um, and then, of course, they, you know, going into the San Siro, they're just one place behind AC Milan. So that list obviously could be a pretty interesting game. Uh, Milan, they've now lost three games in a row. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously losing the Milan derby on the weekend as well. So um, yes, I'm going to go for Torino to draw away at AC Milan at five to two. Solid start there, Craig. What have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going down into the championship, and I'm going to go with Hull to win away at Stoke at fourteen to five. Uh, Hull have really got going under Liam Rossini, and they've won four of the last six games, and that includes the last two games, which have both been victories as well. The only team to beat them in that period is Sheffield United, and we don't need to sit here and talk about how good Sheffield United are at the moment. Um, good away wins at Birmingham and Wigan last month. They did play very well when they played away at Sheffield United, so they can do it away from home. This isn't just a team who's picking wins up at home. They are playing well away. Uh, Stoke are in 19th. They lost four of the last five. Only positive for them was a home win against Reading, but that's a side that's also struggling at the moment. And I just think almost 3-1 to one for a Hull side that looks as though it's going in the right direction under a new manager. Looks a bit too big for me, so it's Hull to win away at Stoke at 14-5. to five. Yeah, that sounds really juicy. I'm going to drop down even further, and I'm going to go to League 2 and the West Midlands in particular, as Walsall play host to league leaders Leighton Orient. Now, Richie Wellens' men are currently seven points clear at the top of the table, even though they've played three matches more than second place Stevenage. However, the O's have won their last two and kept clean sheets in the process. Not only that, but Walsall are only 14th at the time of recording, which is why 2-1 to one for the away win looks a staggering overpriced to me, and this is also going straight on the betting slip. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's look at some more Premier League headlines now. And first up, we will focus on a massive week for Arsenal and Manchester City. After defeats for both, it's as you were at the top of the table. And Craig, the Gunners are 2-5 to five on to beat Brentford at the weekend. Can you squeeze a bit more value out of this market? Uh, yeah, I can, Dan. And this is the second upset of the weekend that I uh, sort of teased earlier on. I think there's some value in Brentford here, 6-1. to one, More than enough to get me interested in them. Uh, they're playing very well at the minute. They're in seventh place. Four wins and a draw from the last five. Unbeaten in nine games. But the reason why I really like Brentford here, despite that, which is very, very good, is I think this is a real mental test for Arsenal. Defeat last weekend, which they want to bounce back and put right. But also, they've already got their eyes on, on next Wednesday's game against Manchester City, the biggest game of the season, arguably the biggest game for many years at Arsenal Football Club. And the issue that Arsenal could have is if they don't get a positive result here and they don't win this game, they go into their biggest game for, for a few years on the back of three games without a win because they were beaten by Manchester City in the Cup. Lost to Everton last week, and then whatever happens here that's not positive. Even if it's a draw, you know, they're still going in three games out of win. Potentially, if they lose this, they're going in three games, you know, three losses before they're up against their, what would be the biggest game for, for many years, as we say. Um, a dangerous opponent to play, I think, Brentford. And when you're not quite fully at it, I think they're a team that can take advantage and beat you. Um, I don't think Arsenal are going to be fully at it. So I'm going to go with a shock, massive price, six to one for a Brentford win for me. Well, Jamie, I think Craig's blowing out the water a bit because I was going to ask you about the Bs and the double chance because they are unbeaten in the last nine in the Premier League, the second longest run in the division at the moment. Would you play it a bit safer and take that or are you going to go bold and go for the win as well? Um, do you know what? I'm actually going to go in the opposite, <laughs> opposite direction, actually, which is strange because last week I, I did say that Everton would, um, would stop Arsenal and maybe get a point. Um, obviously, they did more than that and uh, managed to get all three. But um, look, with, with Brentford, I think, obviously, as you said, they've been on this very impressive run, unbeaten in nine. But uh, I think it's their away form that kind of makes me very hesitant about them. Um, you know, it's just two wins, five draws and three defeats on their travels this season. So it's been very mixed for them. Um, then, of course, you just have to look at the, the Gunners' home form as well this season. Eight wins from nine home matches. I think the only time they didn't win at home was that goal ashore against Newcastle, which I don't think, you know, you can complain too much about. So I think given the, the away form of Brentford, the home form of Arsenal, um, I think this would be a case of where Arsenal just about edged this one. I don't think that, uh, I think Brentford is certainly going to give them a very good game. And, um, you know, the double chance maybe does kind of interest me somewhat. I, I think as well, a, bit, a big factor was that FA Cup match where they lost against Manchester City. Um, and obviously a lot of Arsenal fans kind of dismissed it and said they weren't too bothered. But I think when you kind of allow that those levels to slip and and you kind of accept a defeat or you know you you um, yeah I, I just think the way they handled that game 
I think psychologically, I don't think it was a great, it was the best idea to, to do. And then, of course, you know, they had that poor result against Everton. So I think, obviously, Craig makes an interesting point. They come into this game, you know, mentally, maybe not the best. And um, Brentford are a team who I think can take advantage of that. But uh, ultimately, I think, you know, you look how, how strong they have been at the Emirates this season. I think Arsenal will just about edge this one. So, yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to pick a, an Arsenal win here. Now, Craig, you may also want to consider that the Bees have scored two goals in seven of their last eight league matches. So does this game lead into over 2.5 at odds of 8 to 11? It does, yeah. I think this is definitely a bet. We saw Everton frustrate Arsenal last week, kept the game tight and, and ultimately went on to nick the win. But I don't think that happens here at all. I think this game will have real flow about it. Brentford play a good style of football, attractive style of football. And in many ways, Brentford, if, if they are to have any chance of winning this game, they just need to stick to what they do best and, and what they know and what's worked for them over the past nine games. And that's probably just to try and beat Arsenal at their own game. So I do think Arsenal won't be as frustrated because they're playing against a team that will come at them. And, and all of that sort of points together and, and should lead to some goals, I think. So, yeah, over 2.5 would really appeal to me. I think it's a, a very fair bet in a game that should hopefully have goals. Well, Jamie, if this game does promise goals, what options can you offer up when it comes to the first goal scorer? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I said earlier, I think, you know, at the moment it's very tricky to pick an Arsenal goal scorer, which I think is a, a good sign for them because, you know, it's not because they've been struggling for goals, it's because the team's almost been sharing the round and they've got so many options where they can score. You look at the front four at the moment they've got with Odegaard, Martinelli, Saka and, and Ketia, you know, all guys that are contributing with goals at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting one to pick. I'm going to go for Eddie and Ketia for this one. We, of course, saw him score the winning goal in, in Arsenal's last game at the Emirates. Uh, against Manchester United and uh, I think he'll, he'll be the first goal scorer here of course you know a guy who's going to have guys behind him who are going to be able to create chances um, I mentioned all the guys that, that he's going to have supplying him so um, yeah I think he'll certainly fancy his chances and uh, I'm going to go for him at 9-2. to two. Moving on to Sunday now Man City players to Aston Villa and Craig in this instance you're only getting 1-4 to four for the home win so can you squeeze a bit more value from this match? Yeah, I can't. Not too much, but a little. Um, I'm not going to put up another shock here as well, by the way. Um, <laughs> just as Aston Villa started to sort of really interest me, they were beaten 4-2 last weekend. Not just a defeat, but for a team who's trying to be tight and hard to beat, conceding four goals isn't a really good look. Um, so with all that in mind, I do think Manchester City will win this game. Uh, the way that I've found to add a little bit more is to go with a Manchester City win and under 3.5 goals, which is available at 5-4. to four. Again, not huge, but I can see them winning this, but also struggling to, to dominate this. And, and City, you know, maybe just aren't quite quite at their best. We saw them create chances against Tottenham and the chances that you would expect Manchester City to, to sometimes put away, but they weren't putting them away. Just maybe not quite 100%. So still, still playing well, but not quite there. Um, so they might not quite run away with things in this one. Um, it's not much bigger, like I say. It's 5-4, to four, but it is better than the 1-4 to four on offer. So it'd be Manchester City to win, but under 3.5 goals. Now, Jamie, of course, we cannot forget that the two teams met on the final day of last season at the Etihad. City earned a dramatic 3-2 win. How does 28-1 to sound for the same outcome on Sunday? Yeah, um, do you know what? I actually think this could be a turning point for Man City. Um, Looking in the game against Spurs, we saw Pep Guardiola make some really kind of baffling decisions. Obviously, difficult for me to sit here and, and criticise Pep Guardiola, one of the best tacticians of the world. But look... You know, benching the likes of Diaz, De Bruyne, I think Bernardo Silva as well. Some some really weird decisions. I think Foden, I'm not sure whether... I can't remember off the top of my head whether he was injured or, or whether he was just dropped in the squad. But regardless, he's not been playing a lot at all. When, you know, when he has been in the squad, he's been benched. So um, I, I, I do think that, that this will be maybe a game where he looks to bring those, those main guys back in. He'll realise that he just can't drop a player like Diaz, who's so important for them. Um, I think big thing for Man City is, is maybe their lack of consistency in terms of picking a starting eleven. You know, it's always been chopping and changing each week. And I don't think having that you know, lack of consistency in the team, I think that that's what's really cost them. So um, I think he'll look to bring in the big guns on the weekend. And I think that ultimately lead to City kind of blowing Villa away here. Um, we obviously saw Aston Villa lose that, that, obviously that big defeat on the weekend. Uh, I think it was losing 4-2 to, to Leicester, wasn't it? So, um, yes, I, I actually think this will be a turning point for Man City. And uh, I think this could be an emphatic win for them. Now, Craig, Erling Haaland has not scored in his last two matches in all competitions. He's only 1-2 to two to score any time on Sunday. He's due a goal by his own lofty standards. But is that price far too short to get you interested? Yeah, it is. And, and I'll happily leave Haaland for now. He's due a goal. And, you know, he 
he may well score here. If not, he's going to score very soon. Maybe he's saving them all up for the Arsenal game on Wednesday. I don't know. But I think it's interesting that Pep's been sort of experimenting, playing with two strikers a bit recently. And sort of Jamie's alluded to that he has been making a few baffling decisions. And, and this is one of them, really. They went from playing no strikers last year to all of a sudden becoming a team that started to play two strikers. Um, but I think if I were to pick a player, then maybe Julian Alvarez would be the one. I think he does the hard yards and he does the running in this team while Haaland sort of stands and waits. So he doesn't get in as good positions as what Haaland does because Haaland's sort of afforded the the luxury of, of being maybe slightly what some would call lazy, but being able to just literally stand where he wants and not have to do the work. But at the same time, there's so much focus on Haaland in this team that other players do get extra space and Alvarez is the one who's further up the field getting this extra space. And because there's so much focus around Haaland, I think he's going to be the pick for me. He's, he's even, so it's a, a better price. And I just think, sort of, given recently how Manchester City have played, there is a lot of focus on Erling Haaland from the opposing defences. And Alvarez does look like he's going to start because City are going with two strikers. So, yeah, at evens, he's the one that I would pick. Yes, good shout, actually. I think just a bit more value from the Argentine. But, Jamie, another angle could be the handicap market in terms of the final score. A 2-0 head start for Villa, but an eventual City win is priced at 13-8. to Is this something that interests you? Yeah, I think it probably does, just about. Um, I said I do think they will win this one emphatically. You know, Villa at the moment, obviously, after that defeat against Leicester, I'm sure confidence will be pretty low from, from their side. So, yes, I do think City can win this one, but... It's just difficult to call at the moment because, you know, as I said, you know, regardless, I do think this will be the turning point for them. And as I said, I do think this won't be an emphatic win. I don't know if you can necessarily trust Man City at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I would just about stay clear of, of this one, as a, you know, even though I do like the look of it. But uh, ju- I'd say that just because City is so unpredictable at the moment. So, yes, I probably would just stay clear. OK, before we move on any further, I'm looking for some quickfire, correct score bets. I want the outcome spot on, but this time I'm giving you the matches. And we've all got two each this week once again. So with that in mind, Craig, Arsenal-Brentford, what have you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with Arsenal 1, Brentford 2. Um, Arsenal, a mental test for them here. And I think they've already got their eye on the game against Manchester City next Wednesday. So I'm going with Brentford to shot them. OK, Jamie, you've got Crystal Palace versus Brighton. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Brighton win here. Um, three wins from the last four for, for Brighton. Meanwhile, Palace, they've lost five of the last eight. So two teams, very contrasting form. And uh, I think that will lead to a, a Brighton 2-1 win here. OK, I'm going to follow that vein of form for Leicester versus Tottenham. I'm also going to go for a 2-1 away win. So, Craig, back to you. Bournemouth versus Newcastle. Yeah, it's Newcastle to beat Bournemouth 2-0. I think fancy uh, Eddie Howe to get his team back to winning ways against his former club, a team that are really struggling at the moment, not only for wins, but also for goals. So Newcastle 2-0. OK, Jamie, you've got the reverse of Leeds Man United. So not Wednesday's clash, that's Sunday's yeah. clash. What have you got there? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously be interesting to see how these two teams get on on, on Wednesday. Um, but uh, I think looking ahead to this one, I think, you know, I'm going to back another Manchester United win here. I do think they'll win the Wednesday game as well. Uh, I think there'll be plenty of goals and I'm going to go for a 3-1 Manchester United win. Okie doke. And I've gone to the blue half of Manchester. It's Manchester City versus Aston Villa. We've just spoken about that, but I'll give my score. I'm going to go for a, not emphatic win, but a routine 3-0 home win for Man City. So that wraps up our six correct scores. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's plenty more Premier League headlines still to mop up. And next up, we're off to the game that's not really a derby. It's Crystal Palace versus Brighton. So Craig, Brighton have picked up 10 points from the last 12 on offer. Can they earn another three at Selhurst Park? Odds of 21 to 20. Yeah, I, I do think they can. I think Crystal Palace are becoming quite hard to gauge at the moment. And I'm, I'm struggling where I sort of see them fitting. They're not doing as well as expected. But when you look back, they, they are playing relatively well against some decent side, but, but not getting any rewards. They've got two points from the last five games, which when you look at that run, that's not good enough. But those games have been twice against Manchester United, uh, against Newcastle, Chelsea and Tottenham. So when you look at it in context, I don't think it's actually as bad as what we think it is at the moment. Um, so having said that, Brighton do continue to go in the right direction. They ground out another win last weekend against Bournemouth. Not pretty and, and sort of vintage Brighton, but good enough to take home three points. And I fancy the sort of same thing here. It might not be Brighton at their best and it might not be Brighton with plenty of goals because Crystal Palace are playing OK. But I do think that Brighton can do enough to get this win. So yeah, it'd be a Brighton win for me in this one. OK, then, Jamie, I was going to ask you about whether Palace could end their run of five league matches without a win. You've gone for a 2-1 win for Brighton, so that's kind mm. of answered that question. But is there any kind of extra logic you could add to that? 
Yeah, look, I, I think either way, I think uh, Brighton are going to get a result here. It's, I don't think Palace are going to be able to get a win here and obviously, you know, change their fortunes. Um, obviously, I, I, I said earlier, you know, just three wins and four uh, for Brighton. Palace, I said five, five defeats in the last eight as well. So, you know, really contrasting form. But Brighton, I think obviously the, the focus here and just how good they've been. I think Nottingham Forest are the only side that have managed to secure more Premier League points than them uh, since, the, since the turn of the year. Um, obviously, Brighton, they've secured 10 points. So, yeah, they've obviously been on a fantastic run and uh, doing really well under De Zerbi. And um, obviously, they go to a Palace side who are low on confidence at the moment. You know, I know a lot of Palace fans, they're very unhappy with, with Vieira at the moment and the way they've been playing. A lack of a striker as well, which has been pretty big for them. I think there's, you know, a bit of uncertainty around Wilfred Zaha and whether he'll play. Um, so, I think that, you know, with all those factors combined, I think Brighton should, uh, should continue their good form and, and win here. Do you know what? I'm going to timestamp this and say, I reckon Crystal Palace are going to get relegated. I reckon there's great value in backing them now because there's always one team that starts to slide about this time of the season. And you are right, Craig. Palace are playing good football. There's no doubt about that, but they're not getting results. Add Jamie's point about the lack of goals. And I just feel that it's just kind of slowly ebbing down the table. You look at Forrest on an upward trajectory. Leeds, if they get the right manager, could go up up the table, Everton with Sean Dyche. It just seems there's going to be more clubs going in the right direction and Palace could get swallowed up. So I'm not sure what the price is because it's kind of just popped into my head. But if you're thinking, actually, I want some value at the relegation market, I'd be going Crystal Palace. But let's focus on another big clash towards the bottom of the table. Not quite a six-pointer, but important all the same. Southampton versus Wolverhampton. Craig, do you fancy you and Lopetegui's men to win on the road at odds of 13-8? to eight? Um... I'm really struggling with this one because I do want to see Southampton do well, but I am going to go with the away side and I'm going to go with Wolves to take three points from this one. I think Lopetegui's got Wolves getting to where he wants them to be. I don't think they're there yet, but crucially, they've already kicked clear of the relegation zone. And what he's done instantly is he's taken the pressure off. He's come in, he's got the, some results and he's taken the pressure off. And as you say sort of a minute ago when you're talking about Crystal Palace, Wolves are trending in the right direction. Yep. Confidence is, is back to a certain extent and they're, they've got, they've not got the pressure of being in the bottom three. So they, they can sort of go for games as such. I think these games are the ones that will really determine what happens with Wolves. They're either going to win and they're going to kick clear and they're going to be safe in a few games, not safe, but close to safe in a few games time, or they're going to lose and they're going to get dragged back in. And I think they're going to win it. So I think it's 13-8 to 8 for Wolves. Uh, I think they're going to win it. I think Southampton are in more trouble than I would like them to be. And Wolves are definitely trending in the right direction. Okay, and Jamie, if I was to ask you for a result and over-under combination in terms of goals, what pick have you got in mind before Saturday? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with Craig here. I do think this will be a Wolves win. Of course, you then look at Southampton as well and, and kind of how unhappy they are with their manager at the moment. So I think this definitely suggests that the Wolves should get the win here. Um, also, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals as well. Um, you know, this is a game between two of the lowest scorers in the division. Southampton, they're 17th for goals. Uh, they scored just 17 times. Wolves, they are bottom with, with 15, um, which is obviously quite incredible considering they scored three on the weekend. So, you know, two teams that are low scoring at the moment. Um, and I think this will lead for a low scoring match. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, Wolves win and under 2.5 goals. OK, then our next stop is Leicester versus Tottenham. And Craig, after that massive win over Manchester City last Sunday, can Spurs build on further success odds of 11 to 10? I do, but I feel we need to go back a minute, Dan, because Crystal Palace are twelve to one to be relegated. That's a massive price. I, well, that's what I say because there's always a, a team that just kind of trends downwards. And as I say, it's not just that Palace aren't getting results. There's other teams that look like they can pull themselves clear. Like Wolves is no one I completely forgot. But when yeah. you just Everton just, as well, yeah. Everton as well, and that team Forest. So I just feel it's if you're going to do it, do it now. It's just great value. Maybe a fiver. You know, that's sixty-five pounds if it comes good. I just feel that if you wait. A month or so, and Palace don't get the results. That's going to probably be chopped in half, isn't it? Probably six to one as they move to I don't know fifteenth, sixteenth in the table. But I just feel that if you're looking at it from a, a timing plus value point of view, this is perfect timing. But anyway, Craig, yeah. back to back to I Leicester agree. Spurs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for once we're not putting much focus on Spurs on this podcast, eh? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to say yeah, and I'm going to say Spurs are going to win this one. Um, Leicester won last weekend, yes, but. They've still got a bit of proof to me. Um, on I think they've come back from the World Cup and, and they have struggled. Big win and maybe that does change the fortunes. But I'm, I want to see a little bit more for them before I start getting back interested in backing Leicester. Uh, on top of that, though, I do feel that Spurs, they just looked really, a bit re-energised, re I thought, last weekend. They got a real desire to win. And I don't know if that's the Conte factor coming into play at the moment, um, given that he's missing 
sadly from the sidelines right now. So I don't know if that's something that will last a long period or whether it was just a one-off big game, let's do it for Conte sort of thing. But I'm going to go with the Spurs win. They're odds against. Um, I think they're going to build on what they did last weekend. The, the top four races becoming very tight. Point, points are, are all for grabs. And I just think that on the back of a confidence booster last weekend, this could be another win for Spurs. Well, Jamie, let's look at the top four angle now because after that win, Spurs' odds are less than to six to four in the market. So, bias or not, would you be tempted to take that price? Yeah, do you know what? I, th- I think I'm probably with Craig here. I do think you probably need to wait with Spurs a little bit. Um, I don't think I'd probably say this, but look, obviously from a Spurs perspective, it was only Man City at home. And, uh, you know, we know the fortunes <laughs> that Spurs have had against Man City. Um, but, I mean, in all seriousness, it was a very good performance. I said, you know, I probably wouldn't usually get carried away after a good couple of results, which it has been. Um, but I think it was the performances that have really impressed me. And um, I think also the feel-good factor at the moment at Spurs um, you know, with Harry Kane, I think getting that record, breaking, you know, Jimmy Greaves' record for most goals for Spurs, I think that that was a really good factor and that's obviously added something. Pedro Porro coming in, I think that, you know, yes, it's only one player coming in, but I think that that gives the team a real lift. We obviously saw the competition it did for Emerson Royale when he got the man of the match on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, it was... I, I do feel as though Spurs look like they've turned a corner. We saw it does remind me a little bit of last season. Uh, um, Spurs, I think they had some a very poor couple of results. I think we lost to Burnley, um, and then it was this game against Leeds where we went away to Leeds, very poor on form, and we produced this really good performance. And then from that point on, we kind of almost turned our season around and, and went on that run to, to get into the top four. So Conte has shown in the past that he can do that. He can go on these runs, and I think Spurs is you know. I think it's seven or eight matches. There's some really nice teams and a lot of these teams are in the bottom half. So Spurs have got a good run coming up. So, you know, if you are liking the look at Spurs, you know, a bit like Palace, I think this is Palace to go down. This is probably the time now to maybe back Spurs to to finish in that top four. Because as I said, I think there is a nice run coming up for Spurs now uh, where I think they can build some momentum. It does look, as I said, like they have almost turned the corner. So, yes, I do like the look of this one. But... uh, it's it's it, it's very difficult to say it now or definitively now because it'll be interesting to see whether we can continue this good run. But uh, as I said, a nice run of fixtures coming up. Feel good factor looks like it's back at Spurs at the moment. So um, yeah, this looks like an interesting one for sure. And of course, if they are to get to the top four, they're probably going to need to get the better of Newcastle. The Magpies travel to Bournemouth on Saturday evening. And Craig, what is the best bet you can offer the listeners? Yeah, I think Newcastle are going to bounce back here. I think Eddie Howe will have them fired up for this one. As you say, the top four race is, is becoming a little tight. They can't afford to go away to, to what I would consider strong relegation contenders and not come away with three points at this moment in the season. This is when these points are, so, in, in many ways, it's a bit of a cliche, but more valuable uh, than what they are at the start of the season. They're not. They're still only worth three points. But, but I just feel that this is the time when Newcastle need to show us that they are genuine top four contenders and when we get to the crunch and they've got big games and big points on there, we, we need to see if they can take them. I do think they will take them. I think Bournemouth are, are a really poor team and they're playing very poorly at the moment. 8-15 to is very short, but if you think about Newcastle and clean sheets, 11-8 to to win to nil will be where I go with this one. Um, they, they, they do keep many clean sheets. They're very good defensively, but combine that with Bournemouth, who continue to struggle scoring goals since the World Cup. They've scored just one league goal since the World Cup. Um, which is which is crazy to think about, really. I think it's five or six games now. You don't stay up if you don't score goals. You, you need to score goals to stay up. And that's where I see Bournemouth's biggest problem and why I do think, ultimately, they'll go down. Um, Newcastle, you know, it's it's a big game. They've got to come back, get three points, show that the top four contenders. Let's see what they've got. I think they'll do it, but it'd be interesting to see what they've got. Yeah, I think there's something else to consider with Newcastle, and this might sound a bit perverse, but their unbeaten run might start holding them back because... When you sort of get such a long run together, you almost put the handbrake on thinking we need to protect the run. So maybe not this weekend, but they might actually be better losing a game because if you think about it, you lose one, you win one, you get three points. But if you keep playing for draws, that's just two. And that extra point might come in handy. But you're absolutely right for the weekend. I do believe that Newcastle will win with ease. But I just feel if that run gets to, I don't know, 20, 21 matches, that might become kind of the millstone round their neck, if you will. But Jamie, Fulham play host to Nottingham Forest on Saturday. What is the best bet that you have in mind? Yeah, I think this should be a really good game, actually. Um, I think Nottingham Forest have been fantastic, you know, since the turn of the year in in 2023. They've managed to uh, uh, secure the most Premier League points. 
um, out of any other team, which is obviously really quite surprising. Um, they've got 11 points this year. Um, Fulham as well. I mean, an interesting one. Looks like they haven't. They obviously haven't been in the best of form. Uh, they failed to win in three in a row now, um, but they have still got good uh, home form. Um, they've won two of their last three at Craven Cottage. So I do think this will be a really good test, actually, for Nottingham Forest to kind of really see where they're at. Um, but I think this will be a case of where both teams do cancel each other out. I like the look of Fulham at home, but Nottingham Forest really in form at the moment. The most informed team in the Premier League at the moment. So, um, yeah, as I said, I do think both teams cancel each other out. I'm going to go for a draw here and uh, both teams to score at 7-2. to two. An entertaining clash in West London, it seems. Apologies to Leeds and Manchester United fans. You've already been previewed once and the same logic may well be in place for their quickfire reverse on Sunday. So we're going to move straight on to our final bit of business, that being the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, we combine it into an acca, we try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, it's down to League One for me this weekend and it's Charlton to beat Fleetwood at 10 to 11. Uh, really impressed with Charlton and what they've been doing recently. They've won four of the last five games. The only team to beat them was Bolton, who are up in the promotion race right now and going well themselves. Uh, Fleetwood had a big FA Cup midweek win over Sheffield Wednesday, top of the league Sheffield Wednesday as well. Um, but in the league, it's not been as good for them. They've lost four in a row. Three of those were home games where they would have fancied to get something from them as well. And I just think that going back into the league competition here, it, it is more important for them to get points rather than the free hit of the FA Cup. Uh, so I'm happy to side with Charlton in this one. Keep their run going. Charlton to beat Fleetwood at 10-11 to 11 for me. Fantastic. Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to go to Spain for my pick and I'm going to go for Barcelona to win away at Villarreal at 4-5. to five. Um, Barcelona have been a really good run recently. They've won 10 of their last 11 league matches. Um, now, you know, Xavi's men have now extended their lead at the top of, of, of La Liga to eight points. Uh, meanwhile, Villarreal, they've lost both of their last two matches. So a team that aren't in such great form. But uh, yeah, I'm going to back Barcelona to continue their winning run at 4-5. Uh, to five. OK, then, it's from La Liga to League 2 for me as Stevenage play host to Bradford. And although Steve Evans's men are playing catch-up at present, they have plenty of league games to reel in league leaders late in Orient. Not only that, but the team that got the better of Aston Villa in the FA Cup recently have not lost any of their last 12 league outings. Bad news for Bradford, who visit on Saturday, as they have failed to win any of their last four matches, albeit the last three have been draws. Even though the Bantams are hard to beat, I believe they will be blown aside on Saturday, and this is why I'm backing the home win at odds of 4-5. to five. Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets websites. And now, I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. Looking forward to some uh, Premier League shocks, hopefully, this weekend. Absolutely. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, well, good thanks, Dan. And uh, yeah, again, some obviously some interesting Premier League games coming up. And uh, look, you know, an exciting week for Spurs as well. Um, obviously, a trip to Milan as well. Um, I'm going to be in Milan for that one. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game. I've just had the fantastic news that Hugo Lloris is out for eight weeks with a knee injury, oh. which is uh, really great news. But uh, so obviously, Fraser Forster, we'll see how he does come into goal. But uh, yeah, not, not the best news to be delivered on the show. But yeah. Uh, yeah, again, I'm looking forward to this week for Spurs. Let's see what happens. Thanks for ending the show on such a down note, Jamie. But anyway, <laughs> we move on. Yeah. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.